This episode is sponsored by Balanced Bridge. Balanced Bridge has been providing cost-friendly capital solutions to professional athletes since 2015. They have dedicated professionals who understand the industry and are ready to customize a repayment plan catered to the athlete's situation and financial objectives. Their platform features no broker fees, a variety of repayment and pricing options, and no prepayment penalties. Whether you or your client are a professional athlete that is looking to invest or make a purchase without having to deplete their cash reserves or is simply needing a small bridge to support their cash flow through the remainder of the offseason, reach out to Balance Bridge and let them propose a solution for you. For more information, check out the description. Welcome to a Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. Hey, what's up? I'm Amobi Kugo, a.k.a. a frugal athlete. So check this out. We came out with an all-new, extensive, brand-new course. Our course, Rookie Mistakes, is a course that helps young athletes and individuals avoid the common mistakes when starting your career. I provide real-life examples, lessons, insights, all that and more to teach you how to identify the rookie mistakes before you make them. And trust me, I've made a lot. It's all about giving yourself the best foundation and head start to build financial and career stability. For more information or to get the course, check out the link in bio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of a Frugal Athlete Podcast. Today, we got a very special guest, Mr. Joseph Genovese. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Nah, thank you for coming on. Obviously, we know each other. We've been able to, you know, work together as people have been listening. Um, Balance Bridge has been our sponsor for the last uh, couple of episodes. They're an amazing company with what they do, working with athletes, helping them in a number of different factors. So we definitely want to hear from the source himself, uh, the founder. Um, Joseph, can you talk about, you know, Balance Bridge and everything that, that led you up to starting your company? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I began my career in finance and alternative investments out of, out of college um, and grad school um, with a focus on hedge funds. Um, my last stop prior to uh, launching this business, I was at a fund that uh, focused on post-settlement funding in the legal space. And while I was there, I kind of became introduced to different opportunities that were in different industries, but very similar type of trades, one of which um, being in the athlete space. So around six years ago, I decided to launch my own business in, in this space. Um, and we do a bunch of different things, uh, but you know, all very similar uh, to what we're talking about today. One of the things that we do is make advances to professional athletes against their guaranteed contracts. So giving them access to their uh, future earnings a little bit early if, they, if the need arises. We also do uh, free agent advances to players. So you know, players that are entering uh, the last season of their current contract. Um, and we kind of are able to give them access to their future contracts. And then we do some pre-draft loans to uh, players who just finished up their collegiate careers and are preparing for uh, whether it be the NFL or the NBA draft. Right now, those are the two sports where we limit our pre-draft advances to. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, you know, we uh, just focus on different ways to try to help athletes achieve their financial goals um, and get access to capital um, a little bit quicker than they otherwise would. No, I think that's amazing because I feel like when you see these athletes sign these big deals in over a five-year period or 10-year period, depending on the sport, three-year period, they say the amount of the whole contract, but they only get paid for that year. So 
in light of what you're saying is they basically can ex- access that contract earlier. Exactly. And in some of the contracts that you just mentioned, like in a five-year deal, it might be an escalating contract. So year one, they may make the least amount of money in the five-year period. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, the numbers can be huge, um, but, you know, the day they sign the contract, they get zero of it, right? Their first paycheck mm-hmm. might not be until the season begins or they get paid year round and their sport may be, you know, a few weeks later or whenever the new, se- the new um, season year begins. So, you know, they might sign that new contract and realize, hey, you know, I now am making all this money. You know, I'd like to buy a house or maybe they sign a contract with a team in a different city and they need to move. So they might have an, a need to access some capital before they actually um, begin receiving it. No, that's amazing. No, thank you for the explanation, because I think it's so important for people to realize, like, the mechanisms around athletes and contracts and sport and, and business. And with that being said, you know, for a young athlete, you know, you mentioned pre-contract, pre-draft, you know, loan agreements and stuff like that and advances. Why is that important? You know, people see these young athletes train and, you know, I got to go different uh, teams to meet with coaches and staff and medicals and stuff like that. But why would it be important um, to get a pre-draft advance? Sure. So a pre-draft loan is, it could be really important for the player. And again, those loans are, you know, the smallest loans that we do. We're not making mm-hmm. a pre-draft advance to a player to go buy, you know, a multi-million dollar home. Okay. We're giving him an advance so that he could maybe rent an apartment in a city where he found a trainer that's going to really help him prepare for the combine. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, maybe he wants to get a nutritionist or, you know, just some capital to help him prepare for the draft in his sport. Um, I know that a lot of colleges have great facilities that they can work out there, but, you know, they might want to find a specialist. Maybe he's a young quarterback and he wants to go to a quarterback camp um, and it's in a different city. He needs to travel there. He needs to get, you know, living situation um, and, you know, pay for the camp itself or pay for the trainer, whatever it might be. So those players, you know, they're collegiate athletes. They, they have potentially zero dollars saved in a bank yeah. account. So they just need, you know, whatever small advance it is to get themselves um, in a comfortable situation where they can focus on getting prepared for their draft. Yeah. And what's the criteria um, for an athlete to, you know, potentially get something like that? Because obviously you have like the first round potential draft pick, second round, sure. there's like a scale, but how from your standpoint and their standpoint looking into like, is there like a, a like a seesaw kind of scale that Helps sure. So, what you know, for us, the pre-draft loans, we limit to just be, just the NBA and NFL for right now. Mm-hmm. In the NBA, we try to focus solely on first-round projected players because okay. that's the kind of their guaranteed contracts yeah. in the first round. Um, and then for the NFL, we focus on the first three rounds for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's you know players can can drop in in the draft projections, and we've had situations where a player we thought was going to be a mid to late first round, or maybe he slips the second round. In football, we've had guys that we thought were going to be top three rounds. They slipped to the fourth or fifth. You know, knock on wood, we've been fortunate that, you know, it's worked out. I mean, you know, teams aren't going to waste draft picks, right? So if you pick yeah. a player in the second round, you're planning on him being part of your roster. Maybe, you know, you put him in the G League for a season. Maybe you, you know, let him stay overseas if he's an international player. But, you know, for the most part, you know, teams are not just throwing, you know, caution to the wind with the second round pick. There only are two rounds. Same thing with the NFL. I mean, you know, if you're drafted in the fourth or fifth round, sixth or even seventh round, you know, the odds are you're going to be on that team's roster or at least get, you know, your fair shake shake at training camp rosters. Um, 
so we've been really fortunate uh, with all of our pre-draft loans, but we do focus on, you know, the guaranteed money uh, okay. positions. Oh, perfect. And then like, can you explain like, you know, I remember my, my rookie year I had, um, I, I got drafted to Philadelphia and I was trying to find like an apartment with my roommate and we couldn't get a proof anywhere. And yeah. why is, why is it so hard for young athletes to get like a loan or get approved for different situations like this? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we exist because, you know, banks have pretty stringent standards, you know, they're, they're, they have to follow the different rules and guidelines mm -hmm. that they're given. So, you know, a player who's entering the, the, the professional ranks coming out of college, you know, might not have credit. They mm -hmm. might not, you know, have any kind of credit score. A lot of banks require pay stubs. And until you're actually playing, you don't have pay stubs yet. So you can't go get a place to live before the season starts. Um, you, you, there's tons of reasons, but yeah. and that's pretty much, they all revolve around, you know, banks being able to check all the boxes they need to check and young athletes can't check all those boxes yet because they're not yet making the money. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, like, because, like, you can tell them, like, yo, I'm literally going to go to the NBA draft. These are the project, and you still won't – you still it's still it's still a difficult yep. situation. So with, with that being said, obviously, you know, we've been talking about loans and advances, and, you know, for the people that may not be privy to what these mean, can you explain, like, what exactly is a loan, and is there such a good thing as, like, a good loan and versus a bad loan in, in your line of work? Sure. So, I mean, a loan is just kind of borrowing money that you, you know, are agreeing to pay back in the future. Uh, our loans are structured that, you know, we're advancing you against what we know your cash flows will be from your, either your guaranteed or your projected um, contracts. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, there is, they call good debt versus bad debt. You know, so an example of good debt is if you're purchasing it, if you're using the, the debt or the loan to purchase an asset. So if you're, mm -hmm. if you're buying a home, you know, like everyone would consider a mortgage to be good debt because you are, you know, building equity in a home. You have this asset, a physical asset of, of a home. Other examples could be, you know, any kind of investment. Um, you know, you want to take an advance because you have an investment opportunity that you want to take advantage of um, and you need the capital now for that. Um, you know, that, those are, like, you know, some examples of what people consider good debt. Um, yeah. So. I think like the way you explain it at the end of the day, it's all relative, but you got to make sure that, you know, you do your due diligence and um, make yeah. sure that you have like a solid foundation of what good debt versus bad debt means to you. Um, that leads me to my next question. Like what are the common mistakes that you see when athletes are choosing to know to borrow? Well, just making sure you understand, you know, what you're signing. So you want to make sure that you are entering into an agreement that you understand that, mm -hmm what the repayment structure is. It's something that you actually can achieve that you're not setting yourself up to fail and default mm -hmm. on the loan. You want to make sure that, you know, the rates are reasonable. You want to make sure that there's not huge prepayment penalties. I mean, if you, you know, for the reasons you gave before, if you're unable to get a bank loan right away, you have to try to go find uh, a private entity to give you the loan, like, like what we do. Um, you know, you want to be able to, whenever a bank is ready to lend to you, to refinance into that cheaper capital source. You don't yeah. want to have to pay penalties by, you know, going to find cheaper capital. Um, you want to make sure that, you know, there's no hidden terms and like, you know, just really understand what it is you're signing. And that goes with anything, you know, not yeah. just loan documents. You want to make sure when you're signing your name to something, you understand what that is and, and that you can you know, follow all the rules. No, that's a great point. I think, you know, at the end of the day, you got to read the contract. You got to yep. understand the terminology behind it. I, I, I remember like even 
it's a different situation, but like credit cards, you know, APY versus APR, understanding like yep. those different terms um, can save you the world of difference. Um, when it comes to, you talked about um, athletes using it to, for investments, like, and obviously you have history and alternative investments, hedge funds and different things like that. Can you talk about athletes utilizing future contracts as an asset? Um, you know, how do they, how do they do that when it comes to um, potentially, you know, using a service like yours? Sure. So, I mean, a lot of people, you know, think, wait, why would an athlete need this? They make millions of dollars a year. Um, and there's lots of reasons, right? So, you know, an athlete, you know, could be an established athlete and maybe it's a player who has a guaranteed contract and he's a few years in and he still comes to us for an advance because, you know, he's already invested his money. Maybe he has mm -hmm. it in, in different things and he's just not liquid at this time and he sees an opportunity or he wants to, to move or buy a new home and he's just not liquid right now. Um, and, you know, maybe that athlete could uh, qualify for a traditional mortgage, but maybe he just got traded and he can't wait the hundred days a bank takes to, you know, go through their process to give you a traditional mortgage. So he you know needs to move this weekend and really wants to buy the home. Um, or he thinks that taking an advance um, gives him the ability to make a cash offer on a house, which gives him more leverage. He can get a better price on the, on the home. So there's different reasons that an athlete would want to take an advance. Um, good reasons, you know, like, you know, maybe you can make a cash offer on a home and get a better price. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, there's, there's tons of reasons why this subset of, of people that you wouldn't necessarily think need these advances, you know, it is, there's tons of reasons why and good reasons that they would, might want to take an advance. No, I think that's uh, really important. I, I love that you explained it that way because a lot of times, you know, you see athletes and it's like, well, why would they do that? They make millions of dollars, pay everything up front, and no debt, but there's different ways to build your financial portfolio using advances, using, you know, credit, using these different mechanisms. And I feel like as we're exposed to more, the more opportunities we have in, in this lane. So um, I think it's important that you share that. Um, one question I had, I know we talked offline before I let you go. It's like when working with people in different financial situations, whether it's a financial advisor and disclaimer, this is, you're not a financial advisor. So don't come on our podcast saying, Joseph told me I could do that. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think it's important to understand like, all right, when you're working with someone in, in, when it comes to money management, personal finance, this space, we talked about the balance between like someone you trust and then someone having the credentials. Can you explain that a little bit further and like kind of dive into that? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, like anyone, not just an athlete, when you're looking for, you know, a financial advisor or someone to you know assist you with, with anything really, you want to make sure that, you know, they know what they're doing. If it's like, you know, fixing your roof, you want to make sure you're dealing with a roofer who's done it before and they can actually do a good job. Same thing with your finances. You want to make sure that it's, you know, someone who, you know, has a track record, has a history, you know, they manage other assets, um, someone who's, you know, been there before and, and they can actually provide you the guidance you're hoping to get. At the same time, you want something you trust. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, again, I, I, you know, I'm not a financial advisor and I, I don't give advice, but I, one thing I've noticed that some athletes do, they, they lean too much on the, the guy they trust. It might be, you know, someone, you know, maybe they've known for a long time or a family friend, but that person may not have any experience in wealth management or whatever it is yeah. that they're helping the athlete with. So I think there's, there's got to be a happy balance there of finding someone that you trust, but also you know can do the job you're asking them to do. No, uh, thank you. Yeah, I think that's really important. It's all about having a healthy balance. And at the end of the day, it's about results too. So whether yeah. it's someone you trust or someone with the credentials, you want to make sure that there's proof in you know, the job that they're doing. 
And, you know, whether it's sports or wealth management or any other thing, I think that's what, you know, that's what we value success as. Yep. Um, last question before I let you go. Um, sure. You've worked in the wealth management space for a number of years. Is there like, um, in terms of your, your experience, your research, like things that you've noticed, what makes someone successful in the space? And do you have any advice for any athletes, you know, looking to learn more or looking to build their financial stability? What would that be? Yeah, I mean, financial literacy is so important, right? I mean, for anyone in, in any any field, like you want to be able to grow wealth, whether, you know, your job is being a professional athlete or if you're, you know, any job, right? So you want to make sure that you are saving as much as you can, investing as much as you can and making the right decisions with your capital. Um, and sometimes that is, you know, using leverage, you know, you know, if you can, you know, borrow money at a certain cost and then reinvest it or invest in something that you think, you know, will appreciate over time. And, and, and if that makes sense, then that's you know, something you should be doing. Um, and there's tons of places just like you and, you know, your website and your podcast is a great way to learn about financial literacy. And I think, you know, more players should be aware uh, of groups like you and, and just kind of oh, thank you so much. making, making that part of, of, you know, your listen, if you're an athlete and you enjoy, you know, these three podcasts, they should definitely throw in a financial literacy podcast and just try to learn about, you know, everything they can, because, you know, growing wealth is so important for anyone. You're not going to, yeah. especially for athletes, you're not going to earn millions of dollars a year forever. Right. I mean, like your yeah. playing career is, you know, compared to other careers, it's relatively short and depending on the sport, it could be really short. So you need to make sure that you are, you know, making the most of the, of the money you earn when, when you're earning it and make it at work for you forever. No, I appreciate that. I think that, I mean, that hits the nail on the head. You know, for anyone that wants to connect with you, learn more about, you know, what your organization and company is doing, um, how can they connect with you? How can they find you? Uh, I know we're going to have it in the show notes as well. Yeah. So, you know, our, our website is balancebridge.com. Um, please stop by there. You can find all of our, our contact details on our website. Um, you know, we're on different social media platforms. Um, so please give us a follow. Um, I think you said you will provide that to all the listeners. Um, and yeah, just come to our website. You can find our number, our email address, and come reach out. Uh, and then once again, thank you so much, Joseph, for taking the time. I know your schedule is very busy, uh, especially during this uh, football season's back, NBA season's <laughs> coming up soon. So uh, it really means a lot. And, you know, for anyone that's listening, make sure you guys check them out. Um, at the website, it'll be in our show notes, um, lots of information and uh, some valuable um, resources if you guys are looking into that space. So uh, once again, appreciate you and catch you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode. For more information, check out the show notes and go to our website, www.afrugalathlete.com. If you enjoyed, please leave a favorable rating and review and share and subscribe. Thank you so much.